2: TV comics, movie stars, hit singles and some toys. Trivia and dirty jokes, an
0: evening with, with the boys. Once is never good enough for something so fantastic. Fantastic! So here's another Gilbert and Franks. Here's another Gilbert and Franks. Here's another
2: Gilbert and Franks. Gilbert and Franks. Colossal classic. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. And I'm here with my faithful sidekick and young ward, Frank Santopadre. And we're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer, the evil Frank Verderosa. Our guest this week is a well-known actor and, watch me fuck this word up, philanthropist. I know how to say piss, so that uh, it's kind of a a bladder problem he has. And a genuine pop culture icon. Notable TV appearances include The Simpsons, Clueless, Spongebob Squarepants, Futurama, Robot Chicken, The New Hollywood Squares, and Late Night with Conan O'Brien, among others. But to millions of fans and TV viewers, he'll forever be known for defining the role of Robin, the boy wonder on the original and much-beloved Batman television series, 50 years after first donning the tights. More about that later, he's returned to the role that made him famous in the newly released animated feature Batman, Return of the Cape Crusaders. He's one of the people we've wanted to talk to. Also one of our most requested guests ever since we started this podcast almost three years ago. And we're pleased to say he's finally here. Holy anticipation. Please welcome to the show the Boy Wonder himself. And quite a philanthropist, Bert Ward. <laughs> Hello, citizens. <laughs> uh. Now, can you, uh, can you, Bert, as Gilbert Gottfried, say, "I'm Gilbert Gottfried and we're going to speak to our guest today, Bert Ward. Well, we
0: told your, your handler Roger told us you do a Gilbert impression. Yes. Uh, I, well, I'm accused of a lot of things, uh, but <laughs> let, let me see what I can do. Uh, well, hello, I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and our guest today is Burt Ward.
2: <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> That'll do. Now, we we have to, I have to... Start off the interview with a way no one can ever follow it. Uh-oh. But, uh oh. But yeah, it is <laughs> an honor. We're going right in for it, huh? Yeah, we're <laughs> <you're> going right <laughs> oh, in for it.
1: Bert, consider yourself
2: warned. Okay. And I believe you talk about it in the book. Yeah. When Batman was the number one show on the air, how much pussy were you and Adam West getting? Well, I don't know. You know, Catwoman had a lot of cats on the show.
0: <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, we had, uh, well, all those statuettes of cats. And <laughs> we had one of the shows we were chasing. A, um, there was a, a There was a cat house, not like you would participate in, but one <laughs> that actually had cats for rescue. So, you know, I'm 15 and a half, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robin's, Robin's age I'm is fixed. and all American. <laughs> well, Bert, in your book,
1: which I'm going to plug here because it's a fun read, Boy Wonder, My Life in Tights, uh, which you wrote, you co-wrote with uh, Stanley uh, Ralph Ross, the late great Stanley Ralph Ross. There, oh. are some, there are a few stories of you and Adam enjoying your fame.
0: Well, you know, that is true, and, and actually my book is one of those books that you can actually judge by its cover.
1: Yes. <laughs> I recommend oh, people oh, yes. get it and
0: look at the cover. Yeah, it's terrific. It's full of great well, stories. Let's just say that Adam and I have great love and respect for our fans, and we will go to great lengths to please them.
2: <laughs> and and I heard, and I and I asked Adam about this, that he and the Riddler, Frank Gaushin, attended an orgy together. And they were kicked out because they didn't, weren't taking it too serious.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam and I together uh, accidentally wandered into this nudist colony one time. But, you know, we were we couldn't understand. We thought they were all in the process of changing to other clothes, but they never did. Oh, Sandstone in Malibu. Yeah, yes. That's in the book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
2: Now, was there one person out of the entire nudist colony who was in any way attractive?
0: Oh, actually, yes. Really? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of very young people, um, very... Uh, I mean, I guess there, were, there was all... All ages, but mostly young.
2: You know, wow, in
0: mid twenties, early thirties. Uh, you know, a lot of and and very open-minded, so to speak.
2: Because when whenever I see photos or footage of a nude beach, you always go, "Ooh, these aren't the kind of people I want to yeah, see always, naked." Always a guy looks like Vic Tayback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that gave me a hard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so so you can you can neither uh, confirm nor deny Bert. the story about uh about uh
0: adam and gorshin at the uh yeah i don't know order. that you know the only stories i know are the ones that where i was there myself you know
2: <laughs> can can you tell us one of those stories please Bert?
0: oh <laughs> uh, geez you know <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, my memory fades me when it comes to things that, of, uh, of a risque nature.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, so, you know, you, you
0: and Adam were very close, but was, was there also a rivalry because
1: you hear stories about you guys? Uh, I don't know if they're BS or what, but stories about you guys waiting each other out to see who could be the last one to, to, to show up on set.
2: Uh,
0: was that ever true? You know, a lot of people said that, Yeah. but, but what happened was one time, one time we were both supposed to come out and and I came out of my dressing room ready to go on set and he wasn't ready and it was very hot on set. So I went back into the room, then he came out and I was thinking that somebody would let me know when he came out and it was a mix-up, but uh, they made a they made a big to-do of that as though, you know, we were out trying to outlast each other. We really just wanted to film the scene. But it's so hot in those costumes. And, you know, in those days, they didn't have the uh, cooler lights like they have now. We had these giant arc lamps. And I'm telling you, you could fry eggs under those you know, from 20 feet away. It was so hot and so uncomfortable. So we really tried to stay cool as much as possible.
2: I, I You had a story where you were in the Batmobile yes with who you thought was Adam West. And then when this car was speeding down the road, you looked and it was not Adam West driving.
0: Well, actually, quickly, it was my very first day of filming, uh, the very first shot, uh, 1965, and uh, I came out of uh, makeup and in my Robin costume at about 7 in the morning. And they said, We're going to film this scene coming out of the Bat Cave. And we're going to use Bronson Canyon in Hollywood to film it here. And so we want you to go inside the cave, get in the Batmobile. And uh, we're going to drive it out and we're going to photograph it. And I said, Great. So I went and got in the Batmobile. I looked over. It took a moment to adjust to the darkness. But I could see it wasn't Adam. And I, I said, well, who are you? He said, my name is Hubie. I said, oh, well, what do you do? He said, well, I'm a stuntman. I said, really? He said, well, what are you doing here? He said, well, this is a very dangerous stop, uh, sh- a shot. And, uh, you know, we don't want to take a chance that Adam West could get hurt. <laughs> so they hired me to do this. I said, really? I said, that dangerous? Oh, yeah. And I said, well, is this a good business that you like being in? So, oh, let me tell you, the more broken bones I get, the more money I make. I said, oh, well, now, wait a minute. this If this is dangerous, do I have a stuntman? He said, oh, yeah, you have one. I said, oh, great. Well, where is he? Oh, I think he's over having coffee with Adam West. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I'm sitting in this car, and, and you're telling me this is dangerous? Absolutely. We've got to come out of the cave at 55 miles an hour. We're going to go straight for the camera. We're going to make a sharp left turn. And, you know, this is something that, you know, amateurs shouldn't do. I said, well, wait a minute. I'm an amateur. (laughs) And I so at that point, they were saying, okay, let's lock it up. Getting ready to shoot. I said, wait, whoa, 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 please come over. So the uh, assistant director came over. And I said, "Uh, I mean, I understand this is a dangerous shot. Absolutely. I said, well, why aren't you using my stuntman instead of me? He says, we can't use him. I said, why not? He says, because he doesn't look like you. Wait a minute. Why would you hire a stuntman to be my stuntman if he doesn't look like me? Well, we couldn't find anybody else. I said, oh, my God. So we came out of the cave at 55 miles an hour. We went straight for the camera. He made the turn perfectly, but unexpectedly, my door flew open. And the centrifugal force was throwing me out of the door. I reached behind me and I grabbed the um, gear shift knob with my little finger and it kept me from falling out, but it pulled my little finger completely out of joint. So it was not in the joint, it was incredibly painful. It knocked the camera guy off the camera truck, it knocked a big arc lamp over, uh, they stopped, everybody rushed over, they, they picked me up, cause like now I was just bent over in pain, they, and they looked at my hand, they said, my God, even through the glove, your hand is like twice the size. I said, I know, I don't, but I don't know what it is, but it's killing me. They said, we gotta get you to the hospital. I said, great, thank you. And they said, we'll do that just as soon as we get the shot. I said, "What do you mean the shot? I, I'm not going now. No, no, we got we got eighty guys on the crew. This is costing us thirty five thousand dollars an hour. We got to get the shot first. I said, "Oh my God!" And, and well, long story short, that was seven thirty in the morning, and I got to the hospital at noon. Wow! And and they they fixed it. My and I came back, but that was day one of four days in a row that I ended up going to the emergency hospital from third-degree burns, explosions, every horrible thing you can imagine. I right. mean, for example, one of the days I'm tied on a table in a subway and Batman's supposed to break through the subway wall. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the built- pilot. Yes, this right. is all the pilot, the right. first episode. Right. So what happens is uh, uh, I, uh, uh, Batman is supposed to break through this wall by setting a charge. Well, they were supposed to build a breakaway wall. And, you know, with balsa wood, so, you know, a small charge would blow everything apart and he would rush in and rescue me. Well, the problem is the people that built the set forgot to build a breakaway wall. So now you had a real wall, no different than your house, and there's no time to to, two, two or three weeks to build a breakaway wall so what did the special effects guys do in their infinite wisdom? They used two half sticks of dynamite and nearly <laughs> blew the entire soundstage down. Is this where and the, the two-by-four two fell on your face? and it you fell on my nose and broke my nose. nose. Yeah. But let me tell you something, Gilbert, just a piece of advice. If you're tied down on a table and you can't move your arms and the special effects guys shooting, a sh- getting ready for the shot walk past you, and in my case, you smell liquor on their breath, you know that's a bad sign. <laughs> liquor and dynamite, a bad combo, Bert. And very bad, that especially could've...
2: at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah, That could have easily have killed a few people. Or worse. Yeah. Well, and you were... You, you were burned in the,
0: uh, is it the Mr. Freeze episode? where No, no, you- wait, I, I, listen, I, no, no, there's a lot more in yeah. this episode. Yeah. So that was the next day. Then the next day after that, we're supposed to climb out of a burning car. In this case, they made a death mask of me. And as Jill St. John right. uh, was supposed to dress up as Robin, that was really me. And and so they have this car turned over on the side, and it was supposed to burn. And out comes the Riddler, he climbs up and jumps down, and then I'm under... Underneath them, you know, in, in a burning car. And I'm supposed to climb up and jump down too. But when I got up there and just before I started to jump, the car unexpectedly blew up. And all I remember was that ground was coming at my face like unbelievably fast. And oh, I was a second degree burns in the back of my neck and my arms back to the hospital again. That was the second day. Then the next day, or third day, then the next day, I'm in the, I swear I didn't think I was going to survive the first episode. The next day, they're shooting this quarter of a million dollar shot. This is a one-time shot, and believe me, in 1965, a quarter of a million dollar shot is like a two and a half million dollar shot today. So there's no second takes. And what this was is that Batman had just been drugged in the whiskey-a-go-go. sure, And and I'm supposed to be coming out of the car to rescue him. And the Riddler shoots me with a dart in the arm. And I fall back into the passenger seat. And then Frank Gorshin, as a Riddler, comes and tries to start the Batmobile and all the fireworks go off. And they said, Bert, no matter what you do, no matter what, don't you dare move. This will ruin the shot. There's no way to fix it. You've got to do this. So what happens? I didn't move. Fireworks go up. But guess what? They also come down. And now they're burning through my cape. They're burning into my arm where it wasn't protected by the glove. They're burning into my undershorts. And, you know, I nearly went nuts over that. So this was a very painful experience and all kinds of burns. And I'm back at the hospital. This doctor keeps saying to me, you are you must be very accident prone. You know, this is the fourth day in <laughs> a row you've been here. I swear I didn't think I was going to survive the first episode. But you know what the, what the studio did? They were very smart. What they did after that was take out a very large life insurance policy. Uh-huh. On and I'm telling you, by the last couple of episodes, I swear they were trying to collect on that policy.
1: It's one of the funny runners in the book that Adams of Stuntman is doing everything. You be Kearns. And, you, and, and,
0: and they're saying with you, just use Bert. That's right. Yeah. If it's ever really dangerous. But yeah. if it wasn't dangerous, they could use my Stuntman.
2: Yeah. So did they ever use your Stuntman? They used him. <laughs> he, didn't <laughs> yes. look, he didn't look much yeah. like you. You would always no. tell when
0: well, you no, watch the series. He, he, well,
2: his nose looked
0: like Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> You can always they, tell that it's him
1: and not you in the fight scenes.
0: Yes, and actually, they, they did choreograph the fight scenes because they were like a ballet, and the fight scenes went on for like two or three minutes. And and my stuntman was a fantastic guy. He was also an expert swordsman. So they, they where they could use him, they would. But Victor really, Paul. because he didn't look like me, yeah, what a great guy. He was a dear friend. Mm-hmm. But I had to do the majority of my stunts. Incredible. You got hurt a lot. Oh, my, so much. I couldn't believe it. And there's so many dangerous things that they don't do now. Like, for example, I was on top of a soundstage. If you've ever been up a soundstage, I mean, just going up to the top in these creaky old wooden stairs (laughs) that you can see through them, and you're going up 65 feet, and you get up there, you know, I mean, only a monkey would feel comfortable up there. And you get up there, and you get out on this thing, and they say, now, look, Bert, uh, there's a fight scene we got some good stuntmen here they're not going to drop you but we have to hang you over the end of the of the sound stage I said you're not hanging me over the end of that sound I'm not going to trust your stuntman has got greasy fingers for eating a hamburger you know you know and drops me I made him tie my leg to a pole Wow. So that if they did let go, Smart. at least, you know, I wouldn't get killed. What about that Catwoman episode? Are you actually dangling? Tell me you're not dangling over a pit with that, with the actual tigers in there. That is real. Oh, and, and let oh, me tell you oh, something. God. Three you... wild Bengal tigers. No, there's a real backstory to that. Oh. And you have to understand the camera crew were 15 feet above me in a steel cage. Right. Uh They're in a steel cage, 15 feet above me. The cats can jump 25 feet. And I was 12 feet above them. And what happened was they were like snarling and they would tap around me to get them to. and, and, And the director said, oh, no, this is not working. You know, can you hang meat over his head? And they hung meat over my head and they're jumping up at my face and I'm turning and twisting against the bonds. And they afterwards, they said, Bert, that was so realistic. Well, yeah, I mean, like I I nearly got killed. Very realistic. It was a very dangerous show. You are a gutsy man, my friend. (laughs) Either that or not very smart or
2: both. So do you have a lot of lifelong injuries now from the show? Uh, no, just my ego. <laughs> but
0: uh, Did you, didn't the but car- no, I was very lucky. I was very resilient. Uh, very, my, been very athletic my whole life. As a black belt in karate. Yeah. In fact, a piece of trivia for you. Um, I used to live in the same complex of condominiums as Bruce Lee.
1: Yeah, we were going to ask you about I, Bruce.
0: Yeah, he and I used to spar together. And I mean, he was an incredible martial artist. But a piece of trivia is that Bruce Lee's first filmed fight scene of his career was fighting me. Oh, I'm the piece of the action. That's great. And, and, and you know, that was, uh, uh, it, it was, it was terrific. It was great. And, and I remember when, um, when Brandon, his son was only six months of old uh, of age and he, he and Brandon and his wife, Linda, we all went down into Chinatown and because Bruce had lived in Hong Kong for a number of years, he knew all the most authentic foods to order and custom made and stuff like that. He was really an amazing martial artist and he was a very nice man. And we just, since you brought up Bruce, we just lost Van Williams.
1: I know. Uh, obviously
0: that's, that said he was an incredibly nice man too. Yeah. And, uh, God, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, it's 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 hard to see people and look. Today we lost Zsa Zsa Gabor. Where just I was just telling you. she was on our show uh, too. In, interesting
1: anniversary, uh, December twentieth, sixty seven was the last day of production for you guys. The
0: last day, the last day of of filming. No, it was. I, was no, it? I think it was June June of sixty eight. Was it really? Yeah, because remember we had three seasons. We did 120 episodes. and the last season, was 26 episodes that were finished in June of '68. Okay, I got bad information.
1: I'm going off of a <laughs> of that new Batman coffee table book that just came out. Oh well, you know.
0: But Jaja was yeah was the last villain. Yeah, she she could have been, you know. And but we had some great stars. I mean, gosh, you know. And I know you've talked to Adam and and Julie, and we've had some of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah, I mean. For history buffs, okay, of course. like in one of the episodes where we had Tallulah Bankhead as Black Widow, yeah. I mean, one of the one of the actors in in the scene with her was George Raft. I remember. I mean, wow, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, you know, and oh, Edward G. As a kid. Yeah, exactly. Being scared of these people, watching them on television and in movies, and here all of a sudden I'm working with them, and and then Vincent Price. Oh my gosh, when he came on the set, I was like, oh, you know. And yet he was the nicest man in the world. But oh man, we we had a heck of a fight scene uh, that that he and I had on uh, on on that Egghead show where Adam and he, Adam and Vincent played a trick on me. I don't know if you know about that, where I I had a scene where Vincent had me around the neck, kind of a neck hold, and he was taking an egg and break it on my head, and then he would have a line, and then Adam was supposed to answer, and then he'd break another egg on my head. It was like three or four eggs during their dialogue, and the two of them messed up like 11 takes. I mean, I had like, 40 eggs and going down my underwear, I mean, down my neck. (laughs) Talk about an egg shampoo. Anyway, I was so angry. I was, because I saw them goofing up and I, I really believed that it was not an accident. So I was supposed to pick up uh, 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 a box of eggs and throw it at, at Vincent once I got loose. Well, what I did, I was so angry, I picked up that dozen eggs and I hit him on his egg head so hard it moved his egg. His, so his egg was <laughs> tilted makeup, yeah. for the rest of that scene.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: you know, I have to ask you, Bert. you're talking
1: about all these legends. What were you, nineteen,
0: twenty? At the yeah, time? I was 20, 20 going on 21. 20, and I actually you- had to go to court to get my contract approved. And you're sharing the screen with Vincent Price
1: and and, and George Raft and Liberace oh, and, and Cesar Romero and all of, and, and, and of these, Virgin know, and the great Maurice great
0: Shakespearean actors. Yeah, Maurice you know, Evans. Mean, and, 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 and then there were so many stars that wanted to be on the show that they couldn't get them all on the show. So that's why they created the scene of going up the side of the building when right. someone opened a window, whether it was Sammy Davis Jr. or Dick Clark or Don Ho Jerry or Lewis. Betty White. Jerry Lewis. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was like the thing. And even then, they couldn't get all the stars on the show that wanted to be on.
1: Is it true the rumor that Frank Sinatra was trying to get on? I've, I heard Durge, he Durge wanted to tell be the story. Joker.
0: He wanted to be the Joker, but they'd already cast Caesar Romero, uh-huh. who was fantastic. And you know, Caesar with that with that uh, mustache of his, you know, which they put the white right. you know face paint over. I mean, it was hilarious. He refused and to every one it. of these guys loved it. They loved being on Batman.
2: And, and I assure all of our listeners, I will be telling the Caesar Romero story again during the show. <laughs> you- we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor.
1: And now back to the show. <laughs> You're in for a treat, Bert. He's- okay. <laughs> <He's> gonna- we'll <laughs> do it now. All right. We'll get it out of the way.
2: Frank Ferdinand I need a drum roll, please.
1: <laughs> Bert, I'm going to warn you for the second time.
2: The Cesar Romero story. <laughs> now, Cesar Romero, if I don't know if I've ever told this on the show. Never before. once. No. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was like, played always like the Latin lover.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. But he himself was was gay in real life. Uh, What's me- that? Yeah, but... And and to quote Jerry Seinfeld? Not that there's anything wrong with that. But Cesar Romero, oh, it is by legend, uh, used to gather a bunch of boy toys together. Uh-huh. And uh, he'd pull down his pants and underwear. Uh-huh. And some claim he'd just, <laughs> like, stand on the floor like that. Others said... He would stand ankle deep in warm water. But, really? Uh, he would instruct these boy toys to fling orange wedges at his naked ass. Really?
1: <laughs> now, I wish this was a visual podcast and the world could see Bert Ward's look, the look on Bert Ward's face right now.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get a grip on myself. <laughs> yes. So, are you asking Bert to deny this or confirm it? Yes. Well, i I would never I, I never saw anything like that all I saw was him dressed in that uh, joker outfit and uh, he was a, every bit of gentleman on set I mean you would never know what whatever he did in his private life
2: <laughs> did, did did he smell like orange juice <laughs>
0: no 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 but I I did notice him drinking that at the uh, at the craft services table there you go <laughs> so we have proof. You know what's funny, Bert? The comic
1: books now, the 66 comic books, the artists have actually gone to the trouble of drawing, of illustrating Caesar with a mustache. You can see the oh, traces yeah. of the mustache under the makeup.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's become you know, and part of the bit- lore. Listen, this, this Batman 66 comic book series is a huge hit. I mean, it is, you know, they've drawn Adam and I to look like us instead of the comic book yeah, characters great. traditionally. Um, they've got so much great stuff. And, you know, there is so much merchandise out there. There are these these caricatures of us that I swear look totally real. And then, of course, like in Las Vegas and, well, and, and other places, gambling casinos now have an 11-and-a-half-foot-tall Batman and Robin, one arm bandit, with our photos on there. That's great. And now, just coming out this month is uh, a fantastic pinball machine uh, from Stern Pinball that is a Batman pinball machine like you can't even imagine. Adam and I uh, recorded over 300 lines of dialogue that is actually in the machine. Wow. Plus, that machine has got an HD... A, a television built into it so you, while you're playing the pinball you're watching our series and you're watching our movie and in addition to that it has a projector that projects the bat signal on the wall behind the pinball machine well, that Somebody I, really was
1: creative. I would kill to own that pinball machine. Also, the DVDs, they look to, terrific,
0: I have to say. Oh, I, I, I got to tell you, Warner Brothers did the most. Warner Brothers did an amazing job because that footage, even, you know, they went and they reprinted all of those uh, 35 millimeter prints, but they cleaned them up. Yeah. And the sound is so fabulous. I can't believe what what a great job Warner Brothers did. It was fantastic. It's a beautiful looking show, too, to go back and look at the production design
1: and the costumes and the color, you know, because, of course, oh. in those days, you, the little tease was Batman in color. Exactly. And it was a show exactly. that took advantage of, of color. And I tell you, Gil, I bought the box set and they look absolutely wonderful. You, go, you find yourself wanting to go back and look at some of them?
0: Oh, well, I do look at them. Yeah. I do see them, and yeah. and you know something, it it brings back great memories. I actually see things that I had forgotten mm-hmm. because you know you do a hundred and twenty episodes. That's six days per episode. That's that's a lot of your life yeah. that you have there. Yeah.
2: I, as a kid, when I would watch it, I was always looking forward to the Frank Ocean as the Riddler. He's
0: wonderful. Oh, he, with his rubber face. I mean Frank was fantastic. He he was such a funny guy. He came to my house years later and and you know he met all our dogs. He was deathly afraid of dogs, but <laughs> he, he he was such a nice man. Oh my god, you and so innocent in the way he thinks. You know what I mean? And so I mean that's what made him such a great comedian because he ha- had a natural naivete that you know he would look at things and and it wasn't from any filtered position it was just like open and discovering things he was such a nice man I I I really adored him and you know everybody on our show Adam and I got along with and Adam and I were best friends we've always been great friends you know it's got a lot of wonderful memories it really does Gorshin was also
1: uh, you know we talk about it on this show we have had Rich Little on here and Will Jordan and some of the great impressions that used to do the copycats with Frank I don't Uh remember that show Yes, I heard and the, yeah. And I he do. was also a master impressionist. The best Burt Lancaster, the oh, best yeah. Ker- the best Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Doug-
2: yeah. Uh oh and um oh the guy he looks
1: just
0: oh, like. Oh, Richard Widmark.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: And he was nominated yeah. for an Emmy for the Riddler. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and he did it and his laugh was fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where it came from, but it was fabulous. Yeah.
2: And uh one one bit of trivia here oh, that Gilbert appeals loves this. to me is that one of the directors who used to direct a lot of Batman was George Wagner. Yes. And he also directed The Wolfman, the original Wolfman. He sure did. And produced wow. Ghost of Frankenstein. Wow. Did you know that he, know he worked
0: that. with Lon Chaney Jr.? and Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's, legendary know. director. Oh, we had some great directors. I mean, everybody, the, the crews, the the cameramen, these were the best of the best. We really had wonderful people.
2: I always thought when Burgess Meredith was on as the Penguin, they should have had Lon Chaney Jr. do a guest appearance.
0: <laughs> oh, that would have been great. That would have been great. What I was starting to ask you, Bert, is
1: you were young, you were 20 going on 21. I mean, did it it occur to you at the time? I mean, in a sense, were you too young to appreciate the people you were sharing the screen with? Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. you I was like a kid kid in the candy store. I was the kid in the candy store where every single one of these stars I was in awe of. Uh, You know, I, I don't think I could ever have gotten a better introduction to the industry than the ex, you know experiences I had on Batman. They were pretty terrific. I got to admit.
2: Can you say who you thought was the sexiest cat woman, Julie Newmar or uh, Lee Merriweather?
0: Well, I, I, I will just say this because they're both beautiful women, uh, that Julie Newmar was the one who created the imagery that we think of with a Catwoman, everything was perfect. And she, she, her style was just great. So I would have to say that most people, because they watched the show, uh, certainly some people saw her movie, but they ones that saw the show in reruns, they, I think they would have to say that Julie personified Catwoman. Something I've always wanted to ask you and, and Adam, uh, Bert, when you first saw
1: the scripts, when you first read Lorenzo Semple's pilot script which people rave about. And of course, Lorenzo Semple, a great writer. I mean, Three Days of the Condor and, and Parallax View and so many other great uh, great things. W- what did you think? I mean, you again, you were a kid. It was really your first role. When you read that, did you think, this is going to be a novelty thing and it's going to burn out or this is going to be something big?
0: Nobody had an idea what it was. You have to understand, this was a mid-season replacement for ABC. Mm-hmm. and um, uh, And in fact... Uh, none of us had seen or heard anything. So when January 12th, 1966, I had gone home after uh, filming uh, and and sat there waiting for the show to come on. I you know, I really didn't know what to expect. But from the minute I saw the the graphics, the opening and the, you hear the Batman theme music. I am telling you, I knew this was going to be something really special. You did. Really special.
2: Yeah, that was n- Neil Hefty. Neil, yes. Hefty's, oh, new, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Neil Hefty's
0: theme. And, and and what about the POWs and the Zaps? Very clever. I mean, oh, yes. it, it was it was so ahead of its time. We used to say that we put on our tights to put on the world and that we were the only superheroes that wore our underwear on the outside of our clothes. Right.
2: And And what's funny now... Ah, superheroes are getting beyond serious to pretentious. You know everything's, and back then it was like just having fun with it. Exactly. You, you know there are a
0: lot of a lot of shows have copied us, but it it they have never had, in my opinion, the p- appeal that we had. And you know, I I got to be honest with you, in my opinion as well there was a chemistry that Adam and I have together that uh, 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 through the years, honestly, we, we could just show up someplace and not even be talking and people see us together and they start laughing. And it's like, oh my God, is my zipper open? What's going on? Why are people laughing? I'm not even saying anything. But it's because he has this amazing stoic, you know, I mean, he thinks of himself like, Winston Churchill.
2: And, you know, I mean, <laughs> he's a funny I, man.
0: I, I mean, oh, he, you know, and and everything is so big and so grand. And I'm like the the kid that you know just come right out and say this and say that and and you know what I mean. And and he, he he's like it's kind of like a, a a comedy duo. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a Laurel and Hardy or or one of the great comic duos. Um, and it was a natural thing. And and the the more stoic. And stiff he was, the more flexible and unexpected I was, and and we we really played off that, and it, and it worked. I mean, people loved our characters.
1: Did did they ever tell you Robert Butler directed the pilot or any of the other directors in, in the early going? Did they say, did they say to you guys, look, this is a comedy, but we want to play it straight, or did did Dozier give you guys any specific direction about the way he wanted the show to to, to be played, or did you guys
0: find it? No, I'll tell you what it was in my case, because I I don't know what they said to Adam. But in my case, when they hired me, they came to me and they said, would you like to know why we hired you? And I said, sure, because they said we've interviewed more than eleven hundred young actors for this role. But the reason we picked you, Bert, is because in our minds, if there really was a Batman and Robin, I mean, really not not a television show but a real Robin that you personally would be it. So we don't want you to, quote, act. We want you to be yourself and be enthusiastic, and that's all we want. So that's what I did, and I was not limited. You know, the things that I did, like jumping over the door into the Batmobile or jumping out of the Batmobile or taking my fist and hitting it into my palm, all of those mannerisms were mine. Nobody said, "Oh, do this," you know. They were so concerned with so many visual and and special effects to, to this timing and that timing and getting this thing to work that that they never got. Nobody ever discussed my character with me. Okay, and and That's interesting. they just seemed
2: to like it. That whatever it was, they liked it. And and of all the seasons, well, that was another thing, Batman. Extremely successful show, but it didn't run that long. Well, it ran
0: for three years, prime time, twice a week for the first two years. And you have to understand, this was a decision based on money, not on ratings. Batman was losing about $300,000 a week. Uh, And in 1966, 67 and 68, that's like $3 million a week now, and they, it was a business decision. They made enough that they could, you know show reruns for the next hundred years and recoup their money. And that was a, a business decision. But also there was another problem. Uh, because the cost was so high, we had a situation where we had a unit direct, uh, a unit production manager who really is like a bean counter to keep things going and, and stuff. And he begged the studio that if, if they would just let him direct the shows, he would bring everything in on budget. And for the last season, he did. But the sacrifice was the creativity and the quality and the charm that made Batman so loving to so many people. And, you know, uh, so as a result of that, you pay a price. You know, if you do things right, ultimately, I believe you're going to get the best results. But if you try to cut corners, you know, you end up with something that, isn't uh, isn't what you thought you were making? Well, as a lover of the show, and I, I defy
1: anyone to find a, a bigger fan of the original show than I am. The uh, the last season, it's 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 tough to watch in certain respects because you can see the budget cuts. The, exactly. The, the villains' lairs have been cut down to a <laughs> staircase on, over a black backdrop, and all the yeah. wonderful sets and the production design and the costumes and the effects. Yeah. You
0: know, oh yeah, and the it's jokes. Gone. I mean, the only one laughing at the jokes was the director who, <laughs> who thought what he did was so great. What about but it this, wasn't?
1: What about this rumor, Bert? That that, and I hear it a lot. That was it. NBC that supposedly was going to
0: pick up the show, but sets had been destroyed. Is that exactly? True? Yes, yeah. But was, the set on Batman was over eight hundred thousand dollars, and uh, NBC was going to pick it up and wanted it, but when they heard that the bat, you know, bat Cave had been destroyed. Um, they said, you know, it, it's too much risk, you know, to to recreate that and and try to start off fresh.
2: And do you have any idea how many times and how many variations you did on holy something?
0: Well, I had three hundred <laughs> and eighty seven holies and
2: he's
1: kept track. <laughs> Holy barracuda,
0: holy <laughs> ashtray, holy smoke, holy showcase, holy haberdashery,
2: holy popcorn, holy lodestone, holy flypaper, holy kofach,
0: holy jack in the box, holy red herring, holy stuffy,
2: holy ravioli,
0: holy serpentine, holy grammar, holy safari, holy headlines, holy iceberg, holy blizzard, holy schizophrenia. All of those were. I was allowed to do it the way I wanted. I mean, I honestly, I didn't have it. The only restriction I had was, okay, when, when, when Adam says this line, you need to be over there. And then you guys need to go do this at the end of the scene. I mean, that's the kind of restriction. I didn't have any characterization restrictions. I could do what I want. And I did. And it's so funny because after the show, when I meet people, and I'd just be talking. They would say, "Oh my God, you sound like yourself."
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: And and oh, the mannerisms you have—it's
2: exactly like Robin. Well, yeah, you know, because it was really me. And you auditioned with not just Adam West, but also Lyle Wagner. Oh
1: yeah, that's good trivia
2: too. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was
0: there. I guess it came down to a point where um, Lyle Wagner and a young actor named Peter Diehl were were auditioning. You could actually see it on the Internet. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Screen test. And, um, and Adam and I auditioned together. And if you really watch the difference in our performances, one was played very straight, which would have made it like another television show. And another, the other one was played... With this subtlety and the innuendo and the and all of the things that made people love Batman, and I honestly, I' telling you, it, it was the relationship that we created that were actually we, we didn't plan it. I mean, Adam is a wild man. <laughs> 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 yeah, you you, you got to understand what you're dealing with there, okay? And 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 he, but oh, and it what made he, he made him like Peter Sellers in the sense that. You know, Peter Sellers was so great because everything he said was so funny. And yet he played it so sincere. Like yeah. he was just, you know, in being there and these other movies he did. And Adam is kind of like that in the real life. You know what I mean? He thinks of himself in such grand terms. He he talks about the three B's, okay, Batman, the Beatles, you know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, it, it just, you know. Oh, and uh, Bond. And Bond, yeah, right. Bond, you know. No, he told us he was offered Bond. Yeah, I mean, one time it really got me, okay? I mean, I really, really got it. I had enough when he was telling me that he really understood what it felt like to play Batman when he watched Charleston Heston play Moses. You know, coming down from the Sermon on the Mount with the, with the Word of God. You know what I mean? You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, he, he said, you know, I, I really understand it. You know, he says now, especially when he parted the Red Sea. Okay, and I said, Adam, let me tell you something. The closest you ever came to parting the Red Sea was parting some redhead's legs. You know, I mean,
2: <laughs> wow. See, now that's what I wanted. At the beginning of this,
0: now you're playing into his hands, Bert.
2: You know, Adams are very funny. But comic. I heard
0: Gilbert was very conservative and shy oh, and yeah. retiring.
2: <laughs> I remember what really let me know. What type of a show Batman was back then was the, I? It always stuck with me. There was a scene where Batman and Robin run into a bank, and they have to do really important business with the teller. You know, <laughs> to help yeah. capture the criminal. <laughs> and and the teller goes, "Oh, Batman, come ahead of all these people." And and Adam West goes, "Oh no." I'll wait online with these other good citizens yes exactly it was,
0: but we did that all the time even in our new Batman movie where you know we're supposed to chase after the villains and I and he says no no Robin we can't go there we have to use the crosswalk yeah. You know, right. you're in a <laughs> hot pursuit of heinous villains going to destroy the earth. But we got to go through the crosswalk. Well, there was always that stuff.
1: Put your seatbelt on. and Oh, yes. A, time he, a couple of times, I think there's one where you, you, you're you talking about Catwoman and he commends you. because She's asleep in the Batmobile. The time you brought her into
0: the Batcave. Oh, no, that's Batgirl. Oh, is it Batgirl? No, oh, oh, yeah, that's Batgirl. Right. It's, it's Batgirl. Well, let me He's tell you that you, story. You're noticing oh, yeah. women
1: for the first time.
0: Oh, yeah, well th- that's true. We, we had brought in Batgirl and, you know, we had to give her this knockout bat gas so she wouldn't know where the bat cave was. That's right. And then on the way out, we gave her some more knockout gas and we're in the Batmobile. Batman, of course, you know, in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat and Yvonne Craig, who played Batgirl, was in between us and she was, you know, knocked out. And I had a simple line like, uh, gosh, Batman, you know, Batgirl is very pretty. And his original line was something like, well, I'm glad you noticed, Robin. It shows that you're growing up or something mundane like that. Well, what did Adam do? Okay, he is so shrewd. Don't, don't be kidding. Let me tell you, this guy is really shrewd. He messed up 13 takes. And, you know, the great thing about Adam, he'd been around doing stuff so long that he knew how long he could stretch the elastic. You know, he knew that he could get them at the point where they're going to use that next take no matter what, because they had to or people are going to get fired. The director would never be hired again. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing. So in that, And I knew there's something going on here because he doesn't normally even mess up a, a one take, much less 13 takes. So here came that last 14th take, and I said, Gosh, Batman, you know, Batgirl is really very pretty. And he said, I'm glad you noticed, Robin. It shows the oncoming thrust of manhood. <laughs> Yeah, that's what you got away with. That's oh, great. not too long, about a week. And then the censors had us in and they're yelling at us in the at the production studio. I mean, we were in so much trouble with the censors every week for something that we did or we allegedly did or it looked improper. I mean, you know, it was a lot of lot of craziness. Didn't Stanley Ralph Ross try
1: to sneak uh, curse words in other languages? Into, into, oh, he it, did. It, he did. <laughs>
0: Which I I love him for. Oh, I I love, listen, he had a great, great um, show that he wrote for Catwoman, okay, Mm -hmm. where he introduced um, a new character uh, played by Leslie Gore. Oh, Pussycat. The famous singer. Sure. Pussycat. And he had the greatest line for her where she meets me, and she says, Hi, Robin. I said, Who are you? She says, I'm Pussycat, but you can call me Cat. (laughs)
2: shall i steal your voice or end your life
1: whichever you decide i'm sure it'll be the wrong choice
2: you've a pretty sharp tongue for a man about to say goodbye to this world batman beg beg for your mortal existence
1: i'd rather die than beg for such a small favor as my life what are you waiting for
0: Can't you
2: see how I feel about you, Batman? How I want you.
0: And Stanley was the editor of my book that I wrote. Yep. Okay. And I love Stanley. Oh, my. I mean, this man had a mind. Oh, he could see humor in things that were just so far out there. And he just did a, you know, I just love being in his presence. He was one of the great friends that I had. He owned that
1: burger place in LA, Hamptons, for years. Oh, I know. Yeah, I would you, go
0: in there me too. made the best burgers. Yep, oh.
1: yep, yep, yep. The great Stanley Ralph for us. Is it true you were offered
0: uh or considered for uh the graduate? Well, let me explain what happened was um during the hiatus of my right after the Batman movie, it was the second season that Larry Terman, a producer, was producing a small movie at Fox, wanted me to be in it. I thought, wow, what a great chance for me to be in a film. This is the same studio. They're not going to say no. It's during our hiatus. It doesn't conflict with anything, but they wouldn't let me do it because they didn't want to dilute the success of Batman. And of course, that little film turned out to be the graduate so when they couldn't get me they got a guy named dustin hoffman
1: and the rest is history burt ward could have been benjamin braddock
2: and i have to get back to one (laughs) one of those other topics that interests me Uh (laughs) uh-oh since you're both wearing uh rather tight shorts Yes. There was a, a problem with how much uh, the audience could, would be able to uh, decently look at.
0: And the Catholic League raised some objections.
2: Yes, yes. So they, they
0: thought, well, you know, first of all, man was not built for tights, you know what I mean? <laughs> <clears throat> and so, you know, although I'll tell you something, as bad as my problem was trying to make everything look smaller, Adam had the opposite problem. They told him that he was so flat in the front that they wanted to put Turkish towels in his undershorts.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: <laughs> so did they have you wearing like two jock straps at one Oh, point? they tried everything. And, you know, we had some, uh,
0: some gentlemen at the time in the wardrobe department that were perhaps a little light in their loafers. And <laughs> that was the... They, that was the big thing for them. I mean, they wanted every god-awful contraption, but I'll tell you, none of it worked until they found this quack doctor that gave me these pills, and uh, that's for real. That's not a joke, and I took them for a couple of days, and then I thought, no, uh, if I ever get married, i am never be able to have children, so uh, I stopped taking them, and I used my cape to cover
2: so they these pills were to shrink your penis?
0: Yes, yes, yep, yep. Uh, and I'll tell you something. It, what made it harder is because everybody on the set knew about this, right? It was like the big joke, and we were doing this uh, three-part episode called The Londinium Larson. Oh, sure. In which they had all these beautiful girls that were the henchmen's nieces or Rudy whatever Valley. you want to co- call yeah, and they were all purposely bumping against me. There were scenes they're grabbing, you know, and they unfortunately grabbed the wrong play. I mean, they were really trying to get a rise out of me, so to speak.
1: <laughs> what what happened? Was it was it the
0: Catholic League, do I have it right that the that, that objected? Catholic Legion of Decency. The Catholic yes. Legion of yes. Decency. Yes. And it what, was an what, unnat- what? an unnatural bulge. Is that in what my it was? Shorts. An yes. unnatural
1: bulge. <laughs> yeah, Gorshin had a few in the Riddler suit, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty hard, you know, to uh, to, to wear a costume that tight-fitting, you know, unless you're Adam.
2: See, what I can't <laughs> understand, what I can't understand is how come they can create a pill to make your penis smaller, but they still haven't come out with a successful pill to make it bigger?
0: Well, I guess they have to go <laughs> to the Chinese and see if they can re-engineer it, you know? <laughs> like they're doing with that drone that they captured underwater they're re-engineering our drones bert there's a story in
1: the book that i think gilbert would be interested in because you know what he's interested in now yes you pretty much tell there's a story
0: about... I, I know where his head is at yes <laughs>
1: you, you want to tell uh, tell him about uh, the Shelley winters story from the book
0: Oh, well, actually, Shelley Winters was a great actress and, yeah. and you know, very famous. Mom but Parker. I had been forewarned about her that, oh, Bert, you better watch out. She's going to come after you. And I said, come on, you're not going to come after me. Oh, you don't know Shelley Winters. And, you know, something, she really was very nice. However, she did bring me a book that she gave to me at the end of the first day and asked me to read it. It was called The Delights of Older Women. <laughs> See, there you go, Gil. <laughs> there's one for you.
1: <laughs> I have to ask you, too, Bert. You know, and there's, I, I've never seen a Batman blooper reel. I, I oh, guess, my gosh. I guess it doesn't exist. But did, did you guys laugh a lot? Was it hard to be straight-faced? And uh, I'm oh. sure you've been asked this question. I mean, you're
0: being consumed by a giant clam, and you're— you're in a, you're, in a, you're trapped in a snow cone. <laughs> oh, well, no, but there's other ones. And you know what happens is when you're under the hot lights and, you know, and by the, towards the end of the day and you've been shooting all day long. And I mean, in between every shot, by the way, the makeup people come out and the hairdressers come out, more hairspray in the hair. I mean, I got to be where I like, I thought I had a concrete mask on my head, but, but and, and the makeup people, the makeup on top of makeup, on top of makeup. Anyway, there was a scene one time that Adam and I, we really got ourselves into a mess where we couldn't stop laughing. And what it was, it was a Catwoman. It was a Catwoman scene where Catwoman had left these two gold Catwoman statues. And we were supposed to make a map out of them. You know, we're supposed to position (sighs) them in a, you know, in in a way. And, And Adam is trying to position them and I'm trying to figure out what to do. And of course... Adam, with his very fertile mind, came up with a, a numerical position—one number less than seventy—and and and I started crying and laughing. He started crying and laughing, and we couldn't stop because we were so hot in the costume and sweating, and and you you get delirious. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and when he starts laughing, his eyes cross in that mask, you know what I mean? And, and and just see him cross eyed in the, in the Batman cowl makes me laugh, you know? And every time I would laugh, he would laugh. And, and this director was hilarious. His name was uh, Oscar Rudolph, such a nice man. He came up panicking. He says, you two guys are going to laugh me out of the business. he (laughs) He was in terror that we, we couldn't stop laughing. You and you and Adam
1: have very funny chemistry. I said even as you said even then, but uh, I urge people to look at some of the interviews of you guys on YouTube. Even now, you've got a you've got a great act that you've developed over the years.
0: And we never, be, listen. We go out together and we make these big appearances yeah. at these convention centers. And purposely, when we go in to do the panels, we never in advance discuss anything. But I'll tell you what it's become. It's getting a little more risque each time because he knows that I'm going to tease him about something embarrassing. And he's going to tease me about something embarrassing. And you know what happens? We're using double meaning language Mm -hmm. sometimes in front of people. And guess what? They love it, they know what's going on. They know that even though they may not owe all the facts, they know that I am taunting the hell out of him, and that he's doing it back to me, but in in love, I mean, and in great respect with each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean yeah. he talks about the fact that one of the reasons is he's able to stay so virile at eighty eight is because he eats our gentle giant's dog food, okay <laughs> <laughs> the dog food that you manufacture. That's right. Yeah. Which, by the way, we have doubled the lifespan of dogs, which is pretty amazing. Uh, but he he uses that because he. And actually, he uses our dog food for his dog too. But uh, it, it's just that we both have a lot of fun together. I mean, you have to understand we genuinely love each other as human beings, you know, um, and, and so many great memories together, so many funny things. I can't tell you how many towns we've been asked never to come back to vi- to visit because <laughs> of messes that we've gotten ourselves in. Yeah, oh, some are in it the book. goes on and on.
1: Yes. Yeah, it, it's worth it's worth the read. For those uh, for those stories, Gil, do you want to ask Bert about the legends of the superheroes or the or the famous the infamous roast?
2: Oh my God! Or the
1: Solomon Grundy scene where they where they? Uh...
2: Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was the legends of the superheroes, and then there was the it 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 is is a, it's a painful show to watch, but it's fascinating. And there's yeah. one scene where uh, Solomon Grundy is uh, getting into a fight with you and and Batman, <laughs> and I, you're waiting for something to actually happen, and Batman and Robin just kind of casually walk away.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was not one of our biggies. <laughs> uh, but it's
1: fun to but, see you up there with Charlie Callis and Gorshin and, oh, Ho- yes. and Howard oh. Morris and all these
0: comedy icons. Oh, the, 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 it was it was it was fun to do that. You know, another movie we did together was our CBS uh, Sunday Night Movie of the Week. Oh, the Back to the Bad was, Cave. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Misadventures of Adam and Bert. They were based upon our books. You know what I mean? And uh, it was that was that was fun too. That a lot of people love that.
2: Yeah, because I remember in the uh, roast one, they invent this character ghetto man. Do you remember ghetto man? Yeah. Bur-
0: <laughs> I, I, I try to forget those memories. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about the, uh, tell us about the dogs. Tell us about your charity. Great. Well, D- you know, Great Dane my wife and I, thank you. My, my wife and I, for the last 22 years have rescued more than 15,500 dogs. Every one of them would have been put to death. Oh, if good We for hadn't you. been there. Good for you. And, um, how we got started was because we, when we moved to where we live, we had heard that um, Great Danes were, were the rescue. The lady who had been doing it had passed on and that all these beautiful, gentle giants were being put to sleep in animal shelters. And my wife and I, I mean, you, you got to understand, I the character i played on batman you know i i like to say i was the cape crusader and now i'm the canine crusader it's saving lives That's it's nice. really not all that different except one is is you know entertainingly done and the other one is the real thing so long story short we i said to my wife tracy i said look we can't let these dogs die. Why don't we just for a couple of weeks, right? Just a couple of weeks, we'll find somebody to take over this rescue. Let's save them. Well, by the end of the first month, not only had we not found anybody, but we had over a hundred at our house including 62 puppies under seven weeks of age. And what has happened through the years, while still looking for somebody to take them over, we now have 45 breeds instead of one breed, all right, from tiny two-pound dogs all the way up to 300-pound giants. And what we found out was because of dealing with giant breeds that only live six to eight years or seven to nine years, depending on the breed, when we would lose a dog, we would literally cry. I mean that sincerely. And and both of us said, we're going to find a way. We're going to do something to help these magnificent, loving creatures live longer because people love their dogs. And, you know, you got to admit, dog is man's best friend, whether you had the best day at work or the worst. That dog loves you unconditionally. So what we first discovered was by the way we feed and care for them, we added three years on average to a dog's life. That's actually pretty dramatic when you have a Great Dane that's only living seven to nine years. And now they're living 10 to 12. But then we said, we can't really go any further if we don't change the food. And when we went to make the food, we had no intention of selling it. This was just taking care of our own dogs and we couldn't stand to see them dying so young. So we hired four of the top nutritionists we could find, We said, we don't care what it costs. I mean, we're, thank goodness, we're able to afford whatever we want to do in life. And I said, make this great food for the dogs. Well, when they made the food, I thought, well, you know, if they do a great job, we can pull out another year, maybe a year and a half. We had no idea what we were going to find out. And I'll tell you what we found out that is so upsetting and it has changed our lives forever. And here's what we found out that all the dog food companies that make dog food, they're for profit, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they all know something the average person doesn't know, which is the more fat content you put in dog food, the hungrier it makes dogs. The hungrier the dogs are, the more likely people are to feed them more and have to go buy more dog food. And the coating on most dog foods is like um, lard, you know, the white stuff you see on a steak that you would never eat, okay, the next day. And I say to people all the time, would you ever consider pouring bacon grease down your garbage disposal? of course not. It would clog it, it would ruin it. I said, well, you go feel your dog food. And when you feel that greasy feel on the outside and you realize that every single kibble is encapsulated in grease what do you think is happening to your dog's intestines you're killing them every time you're feeding them
1: so you manufacture a
0: healthy dog food and and uh yet we don't add any fat okay and because ours is low fat at nine percent instead of 12 to 22 percent Dogs like our food without us having to spray all that gook on the outside of it. Our, if you felt our dog food, it's bone dry. It's not greasy. But here's how it works that's the most exciting thing. When dogs eat Gentle Giants, which is the name of our dog food, okay, this dryness, when it goes into their intestines, actually absorbs the grease that's been accumulating from eating other dog foods it absorbs it and when your dog goes to the bathroom it takes it out of the dog's body in four to five weeks everybody tells me i don't recognize my dog my, my dog is more alert than i've ever seen my dog feels better my dog's coat is so dramatic i can't believe it my dog at 12 years old that didn't play anymore now is running around like a puppy thank you for giving me my puppy back tell us where people can get it and, and how they can support the charity <clears throat> thank you well, we're by the way we take nothing from our dog rescue we take no salary from mm-hmm. our from our dog food this is all about loving life people can order it it's called gentle giants online at walmart.com amazon.com chewy.com and what's great in today's world they send it to you without any shipping charge so it's just like having it in your store
1: well congr- you and uh, Tracy are doing wonderful work Bert. you deserve congratulations well i people of cre- and a lot of credit thank you and these thank dogs you very sound much. like they have a healthier diet than gilbert does
0: <laughs> 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 well yeah, and there's no telling what gilbert eats i won't go there I, but I, do any people it, support the charity as well directly absolutely <laughs> to donate? and and, Where, and, and the we're website? the only charity that the people who operate the charity have no Salaries. Oh, tell us, no web, tell offices, us the where, where they can go? GentleGiantsRescue Okay, you know it, it's our charity. We love dogs, and you know something? On the back of every bag of our dog food is our phone number, and people call every day from all over the United States. They get free help. Where in today's world do you help people for free? Questions about care, questions about feeding, questions, medical questions, you know, behavior questions. We're helping them just because we love these animals and we want the people to have them many years longer. For you, Well, as a fellow animal lover, you have my admiration, Bert. Well, That's thank very, you. No, very noble that. work. I I do appreciate, although I do tell people that I've gone to the dogs literally because (laughs) I have more than 50 in my house. People can't believe that. They say, oh, you mean five. I say, oh, no, no, I don't mean five. I mean 50. Okay, and where, where do they sleep? Well wherever they want. They can go on our website and watch twenty seven. We fill the room with twenty seven in our bedroom, on the bed, all around the bed, you know, and, and and people say, Oh, well what did you do? Get all the dogs and put them in one room? I said, Oh no, no, you don't understand. They're in all the rooms, everywhere you go. <laughs> and 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 we just love these animals. And they we've lived with them. They're not in a they're not outside in a yard. They're in our house with us and the big ones and the
2: little ones. Everybody lives communally together. Good for you guys. Good for you. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Well, will you have anything you. else for this, man? Uh, yeah, I have one. You are like a young guy when you first started playing Robin, of course. And yes. you were the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the world from that show. And I always wonder, like, when the show went off, what did you have to deal with? You know, something
0: (laughs) unlike a lot of other actors that are, you know, just down in the dumps for losing a show, you have to understand... I never looked at it like that. I looked at it like I had a lot of fun, and now I'm going to go do something else and have a lot of fun. When I was a young actor going to acting class, studying professionally, as well as at UCLA, I'll never forget, after doing a scene, we were all leaving, going out, and the, the instructor had said, wait a minute, Bert, I got to tell you something. And I said, what's that? He says, you know, you're different than every other actor in this class. And I thought, oh, geez, what's wrong with me? They said, And I said, is that bad? He says, no, it's good. He says, every other actor here wants to be an actor bad. And I know you do as well. But you're different. You have this attitude that if it doesn't work, so be it. And you'll find something else and you'll be happy. But every one of these others, it, I'm afraid if it doesn't work for them, they're going to be destroyed and end up going back to wherever they came from before they came to Hollywood. And, you know, maybe it's because Batman was the first thing I ever tried out for that I wasn't burnout. I didn't have a bad attitude. I just went in and had the best time. And that's, that's the way I've lived my life. Good for you.
1: Tell us about quickly. Let's talk about the return of the Cape Crusaders. And I want to know how quickly it took you guys to get back into character after all these oh, years. About
0: three seconds. Yeah, for me, let me let me explain something to you. It never really leaves you, okay? And and I my character was really me, okay? Now Adam was a different. And actually Adam is really Adam. Batman is that is Batman. That is, he is. He is stoic, okay? All right? He is what he is, and so am I. And and in the case of my recording at Warner Brothers, for the first of these two movies, now second one's yeah. coming out. Oh yeah, next tell
1: year. us about the one that's coming out. I will, but yeah. I want to
0: first tell you that in the middle of the recording, I had 177 pages of dialogue. It's a lot of dialogue, yeah. and you know, no matter how good you do it, oh that was fantastic, Burke. Give us another take. Oh, that was more even better. Give us another take. But halfway through, the vice president of animation at Warner Brothers came out from the group. He says. Everybody in this room is roaring and laughing, but most important, he says, we're all stunned. And I thought, oh my God, did I do something wrong? And I said, well, what are you stunned about? He said, Bert, you sound exactly, exactly like you <laughs> sounded 50 years ago. It's almost scary. All of us here, we're stunned. And you know, when you think about it, here's, you got... Warner Brothers top people these guys do every show they're such pros and for me to see them all laughing when i'm doing my stuff they knew the script they knew what i was going to say why are they laughing and having so much fun because you know something it reached them it really reached them yeah it was fun to watch it was it was uh-huh. it took me back And now we have the new one coming out next year. You ask about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a fantastic villain. There's going to be a lot of villains even in the second one. Uh, But the main villain is Two-Face and played by none other... Than William Shatner. How cool was that? Now oh, let me ask wow. you this. The two <laughs> most fun. iconic television shows in history, Star Trek and Batman, with the actors working together. Is that unbelievable is that
1: based that on was a story genius by, on Warner? Based Brothers on a Park. story by my old friend Harlan Ellison?
0: The yeah, yeah. Oh, oh oh it's it's but let me tell you something what even with this movie we just did it has turned Batman upside down on his head in many different ways the reviews have been so great that it said this is the best Batman movie including the major tentpole features. This is the best Batman movie of the entire year, and maybe one of the best movies ever made. So, if you watch it, you'll get a kick out of it, and it's got so many references and double meanings yeah, and double entendres. And oh my, it, the the guys that wrote it are geniuses. I mean, it was. The, I'm so proud of it. Our, our old podcast guest Stephen Weber is playing oh, Alfred. Yeah.
2: Oh wow! Yeah. And I, I love the fact that it's Adam West and William Shatner, two actors totally in love with themselves. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> two, two absolutely. Up-stagers. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Uh, uh, I, I've enjoyed when I've spoken to Bill Shatner and I see him out on the uh, same events that I go to, always been very nice to me and a very funny sense of humor. That's one thing that I see as a greatly common thread between Adam and, and, and Bill Shatner, they both have this very satirical sense of humor and they see things in the funniest ways. And and just in talking with, with, with Shatner, I mean, you know, I, I just had he did a television show where they came out to his house and they filmed it for HGTV, you know, where they fixed up his house or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I honestly, I just ask him about it. I thought, you know, you know, I I said, hey, you know, hey, Bill, how did you like doing that HTV special, you know, HTV special? And he said, you know something, don't you? You're not telling me what you know. You know something, and you you're going to trick me into talking about it, aren't you? I said, no, no. Honestly, I just wanted to know how you enjoyed doing it, you know. And then he proceeded to tell me more than I ever wanted to hear about all the things that went wrong, and this, and this, and that. And he is just a delightful, fantastic human being, and I can see where he and Adam they are competitive. There's no question about it, and they each have their own shtick. Uh, both of which are immensely successful. You're going to have fun in the booth with those two. <laughs> oh, exactly. You no, know, I have fun with them on the road. They're they're crazy guys, in and in, in the nicest of ways. And uh, and I'll tell you something. This is even going to be a bigger movie. Than the one that just came out, the one that comes out next year, and the one that just came out is about as fantastic as I could have ever hoped for.
1: Yeah, if you're a fan of the original series, I uh, I, I strongly recommend that our listeners check it out. It's 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 rewarding for somebody who loved the original show. That's for sure. Uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders. Yes, and the book
2: and the book by Bert Ward is Boy Wonder. My life. In (laughs) tights. Filled
0: with stories that can't be told on this podcast. (laughs)
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) All you have to do is read the chapter headings to get a feel (laughs) for what the book is about. (laughs) It's a fun read. Oh, Bert, this was a a thrill for us.
2: Oh, thank you you for coming on the podcast.
0: Well, you two are delightful and highly intelligent and innately funny. I mean, you kind of remind me of Adam and I. You know, he's like <laughs> mutton Jeff. Wow. I'm, that is quite a compliment. <laughs> t- t- or t- Abbott and Costello.
1: Or Laurel <laughs> and Hardy. Listen, uh, come on with us another time, and we'll cover more
0: ground. We didn't ask you about Otto Preminger and, uh, and oh, so geez, much else. Yeah. Oh, so many good things. I will tell you one thing about my book. Yeah, I didn't put everything in it because people said it might be too wild and crazy. So I left a few things out. So do you have have another one in you? Well, I I might. I might, but (laughs) I got to make sure I get approval from my wife because I rated my wife in my book, okay? And everybody asked me about that. (laughs) (laughs) But let me tell you something. She's about as hot as they come. So she got top stars, you know, in every category. Believe you me. And tell us again the website for the dog rescue. Gentle and we also have a great Facebook page called Gentle Giants Dog Food and Products. But it also shows some of our things that we're doing with the dogs and it shows a lot of the publicity and, and hopefully after this comes out we could get a little piece of the audio from your show Absolutely. And, and put it on because we want to promote you guys. You guys are really terrific. And if you ever come to Gotham City, California or Norco <laughs> you got to look me up, and I'll bring you in amongst 50 dogs, and I'll tell you, you'll get more loving than you ever thought you got before. I would love to see Gilbert in a room with 50 great dames. <laughs> Dara? <laughs> oh, wow.
1: Bert, we're going to take you up on that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank
2: you, Bert Ward, ladies. This has been Gilbert Godfrey's. Amazing colossal podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre, and we've been to the been... Bat Cave. Yeah, <laughs> that was Robin himself, Bert Ward.
0: Bert, it's our last show of the year. We couldn't have asked for a better one. Well, thank you. I couldn't have asked for two better hosts and interviewers than you guys. In oh. fact, I am so thrilled, I'm going to go jump in my Batmobile and take it for a spin around the block.
2: <laughs> well, wear an extra
0: pair of tights.
2: Yes, I will. It's particularly chilly out there. And and can I have some of those pills? Because my penis is way too big.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
2: All righty. I'll, I'll, I'll send that doctor
0: right over to your house. <laughs> Thank you, Bert. Thank you. Bert. Happy, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. To we'll you. see you again.